Welcome to the Awakening Church, one of the great churches Maui has to offer. And now, Pastor Stephan Pusle with this week's message. Well, aloha. Welcome. My name is Pastor Stephan. It is just an honor to be here this morning. I'm super excited. And as you can see from the video, we're starting off a brand new series called Fighting Fair when it comes to relationships, marriage, dating. And you're going to be, you're just going to love this series because it's going to challenge you and grow you and, uh, we're going to get to that in just a second, but before we do that, I just want to welcome everybody. Thank you for being here. You made a big effort to be here. Some of you dragged kids out of bed to be here. You dragged yourself out of bed to be here. Some of you drove long parts of the island to be here, or even even got in a plane and flew to be here. So we, it, we have people joining us on Facebook Live and on our app as well, so we would want to welcome everyone who's joining us. And hey, why don't you just give yourself a round of applause being at church today. I believe God has something for you. Um, yeah, in the series of Fighting Fair, we have some topics that I felt like as I've been counseling multiple couples along, uh, over the years, I've kind of learned some rules, some uh, Ten Commandments, so to speak, of Fighting Fair. And I broke it up into four parts in four weeks. And each week, I'm going to give you a few more rules to add to like a Ten Commandments list of rules of Fighting Fair. And I'm going to try to come up with something creative for you by the end of the series so you can hang it in your house uh, for your relationships and you can kind of look over that list as you're getting into conflict. Um, now, the first week, I'm um, sorry, next week we're going to be talking about trigger finger. How many of you know someone who has a trigger finger when it comes to being offended and they're always ready to fight and it's always ready to, you know, no elbows there. I, I can see those, by the way. I can see those. Um, <laughs> And then that's what we're going to talk about next week. But the following week, the third week, we're going to talk about cheap shots and how, if we're not careful, there are people on the outside, maybe it's parents or girlfriends, boyfriends, like, that try to throw cheap shots into the relationship and mess things up. We're going to talk about that as well, how to keep the marriage insulated in a way that's healthy. Um, and uh, then the following week, we're going to finish up with the idea of tapping out. We're going to talk about how so many people, these uh, couples these, year, um, these days call it quits, and they end their marriage and divorce. And we're going to talk about what the, the Bible has to say about that. But today, uh, I, I wanted to title today's message called Mission Submission. Mission Submission. Turn to your neighbor and say, Mission Submission. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about Mission Submission, and when I think of Mission Submission, I think of sports. Okay, I like watching, the, particularly me, I, I'm kind of a fan of the fighting stuff, like the MMA, I'll watch that, and I'm just, I think it's an amazing sport. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little glory there and violent, but I've trained in it before and actually was an amateur fighter, and it takes a lot of discipline and uh, character and control of your anger, all kinds of things. It's, it's a phenomenal sport, but sometimes you'll be watching it, uh, fighting, for example, boxing, and you'll see a boxing match where one of the competitors goes and does what we call a cheap shot, right? Or they'll, they'll not fight fair and they'll bite the other person's ear. How I many of you have seen Mike Tyson do that before, okay? Or you see an MMA bout and uh, someone gets kicked in the groin and they're just humped over because they can't even breathe because they've been kicked in the wrong place, okay? And that, that was a cheap shot and everybody's real upset about it. Or even maybe you're, we don't even have to do fighting. Let's pick your favorite sports team. You all know that one team. Right now it's the NBA playoffs. You all know that one team that plays dirty. You know what I'm talking about, 
right? I'm not going to mention any names. I'm a Lakers fan, so I, I know which teams are the dirty teams in my perspective. But if you can think about football or baseball, you know, which teams are not fighting fair? And then relate that to your relationship. Relate that, that same context on the field where the whole goal is to submit, just like the video, the whole goal is to submit the other opponent. We've been approaching our relationships in the same way, where we're trying to submit the other. And before I met Amber, I had a slew of relationships that were unhealthy, where it was all about control, abuse. It was a very dark place. I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship like that, but it's pretty hopeless. And what it does is it sucks the life out of you. But then I met Amber, my wife, my smoking hot wife. She's amazing. And uh, when I met her, one of the things that really stuck out to me was her gentle spirit. She was just easygoing. And what, I wasn't having to defend myself. She wasn't trying to submit me to her will and bend me to fit in the cookie cutter that she had pre-decided. And instead of fighting with me, she fought for me. And so I've known the deep contrast. And some of us may be in a very happy relationship, kind of like where I'm at now. And you're like, woohoo, you praise God, you know? You could, put, you could put down and stop polishing your halo right now, okay? Uh, but there are a lot of us who are in relationships where still, we're still working out how to fight fair. And I'm not telling you that my wife and I are perfect. We have our issues. Even you hang out long enough with us, you'll be like, oh, dang, look there. Okay, they're arguing over that, okay? Uh, but we've learned some things over the, the, the time that we've been, over a decade that we've been married, uh, some tools and some rules for fighting fair. And I want to share that with you. Um, now, I just want to, I just want to connect with you because I know relationships are super difficult. They're, they're tough. And you may be sitting in here and saying, well, Pastor Stefan, I'm sure you've counseled lots of people, but you have no idea of what I go through, of what I put up with. I mean, Pastor Stefan, he intentionally puts dirty laundry in obvious place, sometimes on my side of the bed, just to get at me. Just to remind me that I'm not doing the laundry. You know what I mean? Or I hear another couple and they'll say, well, well, she, she always tries to get the last word and she's always got to be right. And her words are like daggers and she tries to always stab me in the heart with them. And then she, she replies back, well, Pastor Stefan, whenever we're out in public, he's always trying to dominate. He's always trying to dick. He's a little dictator like Kim Jong-il from North Korea. He's trying to control the situation. And you have no idea how it feels. Or maybe, and I've heard this one before. Oh yeah? She can fight pretty dirty. When we fight, she gets a hold of the credit card and she goes and spends intentionally money we don't have just to get at me. Or even, what, I, I, maybe it's this way. Some of, the, some of the people are sitting down across, across away from me. Some of the ladies are saying, you know what? He knows exactly what button to press to get under my skin 
and he's doing it on purpose. And it's not fighting fair. And now, no matter what side of it you're on, you know how to get underneath the other's skin. It, nod your head if I'm right. If you, just, if you know what to do, right? If you're being honest, we're being real here at the Awakening. We're nodding our heads, yes. Okay, we know how to get under each other's skin. Now, I want to make a disclaimer. Just like Paul did in, in, in the scripture concerning relationships. He, Paul mentioned this, that this relationship thing is a huge mystery. And he didn't pretend to understand it all, and I'm not going to pretend that I understand it all as well. And so I may not have the same perspective as you on one thing or another. I want you to keep in mind this as we talk about uh, relationships and fighting fair in this series. There's a couple things that I want to just challenge you in as we talk about this and what the Bible says about fighting fair. The first thing is that you may have an interesting relationship status. It's complicated. Okay? And not every single text is going to be speaking directly to you, and that's going to be frustrating. Or maybe you've been to a church or have heard from a pastor that said one thing or said another, and it offended you. And you're carrying that baggage in here with you this morning, and, it, and it's complicated. Or maybe you have some past wounds as we're talking about relationships, somebody really hurt you deeply. They abused you. They, they wronged you in a way that you're still trying to heal from. And it's complicated. So I just want to put that out, that disclaimer out there that I'm going to do my best, but I don't pretend to know it all. But I do know that we have God's word that can help us in this type of uh, a journey that we are going on together. So if you will, could you help me? Could you help me by praying with me and asking that God's spirit would speak through me this morning? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, relationships. We thank you for marriage, for um, engagement, uh, for, for dating, and all the complications that come in with this relationship. We thank you for the intricacy. It makes things, makes life fun. It's the spice of life. Uh, but Lord, it's, it's not easy sometimes because we... We get tempted in and we kind of get sucked into the whole idea that we want to submit the other and bend the other to our will. And we don't necessarily do that by fighting fairly. Um, so Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just speak through me. Help me to get out of the way uh, and, and you to do your thing. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Now. We're going to turn to Genesis chapter 3. This is where it all began. You guys ready? As you're turning to Genesis chapter 3, we want to keep you on toes. Everybody on toes? Oh, there goes a Frisbee. Catch it, Victoria. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to do random things to keep you on your toes today, all right? Now, um, we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 3, and this is going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we're going to also, I just want to let you know, there's a couple different ways that you can get into God's Word and follow along. We're going to have it up here on the screen. It's going to be pretty cool. But we're also going to provide to you as well some simple ways that you can get on, the, on God's Word. We have an app. It's amazing. It's free. You can download it. Uh, there's all kinds of cool features on there. You can listen to us even when you're far, far away on vacation or traveling. Uh, it's pretty cool. So also we're doing Facebook Live. So if you have the opportunity right now, you can go to our Awakening page and go in ahead and share it. So the gospel gets preached on Facebook Live. And then uh, also we have custom Awakening Bibles outside 
it's our gift to you so you can just, if you need a physical Bible there or if you just have a friend you know that doesn't know Jesus, and it's just our way of just showing some generosity to you guys. So I'm going to jump in. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. <coughs> and I want to talk about paradise. Now, this wasn't heaven, but this is the closest thing that we were to paradise. Long, long ago, there was a garden that God created for man, Adam and Eve. And he knew once he created Adam that he was, he was lacking in a major way and that he was incomplete. And so he made man and woman, and he made them together in his image. So I'll say that there are masculine components of God's character and feminine parts of God's character that together, men and women, were made in his image. And it's a pretty powerful thing. And that was an amazing thing, this garden. They, they ate without having to toil. There was no suffering. There was no death. There was no pain. It was amazing. They got to play. I mean, how many of you watch the animal channel and you see this cute monkey and you're like, no fair. I want to hold a pet monkey. Or you see like a little baby tiger or a baby cub bear and you're like, oh, that would be so fun to cuddle or wrestle with this little baby bear. Have you, is this just me or am I just like animal crazy? Okay, well, they were like, they got to be in this garden and just have all this fun with these animals and name them. They had a really cool job. But then Satan comes and tries to ruin it and destroy it. So God's original plan, there was unity, right? There was no one dominating over the other. But as we look in Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, I'm just going to go straight to the, pull the punch. I'm not going to tiptoe around it. I'm going to pull it right up. Here we go. This is what it says. As a punishment of Adam and Eve said, he said that God said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and the pain you will give birth. And what? And you will desire to control your husband. But he will what? Rule over you. There we have it. The drama begins. The wife trying to control the husband. The husband trying to dominate and rule. And then you have a whole history of the world of nonstop drama. You talk about reality TV drama. I'm talking about the ultimate drama, the battle between the sexes, between the husband and the wife for control and trying to submit each other. Am I right? Isn't that, that, isn't that primitive drive deep down inside of all of us? Whether we're a wife or a husband, we have this drive to try to have the upper hand. And a lot of the problems that we have in our life today are surrounded in this struggle. Now, I want to encourage you because I just brought out the whopper, all right? Some people will use that verse to say, hey, it's the men's job since the fall. It's the man's job to rule over the woman. But I want to tell you that this scripture alone is not the entire picture. We have to look at, it's what we call, uh, by keeping the Bible in context and reading the contextual 
a matter of the Bible. And what did Jesus say right after the Old Testament? This is, that's the Old Testament. That's the first part of the Bible. And then there is the New Testament where Jesus says, changes a lot of things. He says, well, I say unto you, you've heard it said before, an eye for an eye, kill your, take out your enemy. It's all good. We'll have a party afterwards. But I say to you, love your enemy. Pray for them. It's, and he turns things on their head. It's crazy. Uh, and he speaks to the heart of things too. He addresses like, okay, well, you've heard it said, uh, you know, um, uh, do not commit adultery. But I say to you, even if you look with lust on somebody else, you've committed adultery in your heart. So Jesus took just the rules of the Old Testament and took a step further and dealt with issues of heart. So we need to take a look at what some of the New Testament says. And there's a man named Paul. And Paul is another person that people will use to kind of say, hey, uh, men ought to put their thumb and, and control women. And, and Paul's misquoted. So we're going to take a scripture from Paul to kind of balance out this Old Testament scripture here. You ready? Okay, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. This is what Paul says. You remember that verse that everybody uses? Says, Wives, submit to your husband. You heard that one a lot? This is where they get it from. But a lot of people don't realize that there's a little, like, disclaimer up on top before it goes into wives submit to husbands. And then it says husbands, right? There's a disclaimer up at top, and we're going to take a look at what it says. It says this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Spirit-guided relationships. I love that title. How many want a spirit-guided relationship? Okay, you want the Holy Spirit in your relationship. Spiritship guide, uh, spirit-guided relationships, the NLT. Uh, it says this, wives and husbands. And further, what? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Does it say one or the other has the role of submitting more? No, it says submit to one another. Out of what? A reverence for Christ. Out of a respect for Christ. Submit to one another. And then Paul goes in detail on how women, wives, ought to submit to their husbands, and husbands ought to submit to their wives. Now, before we get to that, I want to, I want to point out a major point here. A major point. Is that, I'm going to challenge you, and this is going to be my challenge throughout the message this morning. Instead of trying to submit each other, and that's, talk, you know, we're using, we're using that Genesis submit, right? rule and control, and instead of trying to submit each other, we ought to submit to each other. Just like the video said. Hey, what if you were the first person to want to run up and get the baby when it's crying? I got to admit to you, I'm, I'm like in bed, and the baby's crying, and I'm just like, I'm pretending to be asleep. Okay? It's not that the natural desire for me to want to run up, you know, and take care of business. But what if instead of trying to submit each other, we ought to, instead of trying to submit to each other, we ought to submit to each other. And that's the big idea. Now, let's talk about wives. Okay, we're going to start with you ladies first. I'm just being polite. Okay? Wives. Let's, let's see what Paul has to say here. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's continue on. After Paul said, submit to one another out of what? Reverence. Respect. Respect for Christ. Now, wives, understand and support. Yeah, this is important. Understand and support. Understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. Ladies, do you support Christ? All right. 
The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church. Not by domineering, not by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Okay. So my main point that I get out of this verse. So wives, here we go. You ready? Move from the temptation to control to supporting. Move from the temptation to control the situation, to control your man, to keep him in line. Move from that to supporting him. How can we do that? There's a lot. Listen, listen to him. You know? When he's right, like, like uh, Carrie Ann said, when he's right, tell him you're right. He's right. And if he's willing, if he's willing to spiritually lead, allow him to spiritually lead. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Many of you are in relationships. And this is the most frustrating thing to me as a pastor in our culture today. Many of you are in relationships where the man is not spiritually leading. In fact, he's spiritually absent. He's checked out. And the question for all the godly women are, where are the real, real godly men? Where are they? That's a tough question. And that's maybe a whole different conversation and another series that, that we could preach on. But where have all the real godly men gone? I don't necessarily know. I, I think I have all the answers. I'm, I'm discovering that myself right now, but... That's a great question. What if I don't have a man in my life that is wanting to lead spiritually? I'm, I'm forced to become the spiritual leader. I'm the one dragging him to church. I'm the one reading my word. I'm the one challenging him to, to have a relationship with God. I'm the one to try to get him to go to small groups. Or He's not even in my life. He's walked away from the marriage. It's, you know, things are... There's problems at the home front. And I want to encourage you, though, because the temptation is when the man checks out and isn't spiritually leading, the temptation for you ladies would be, well, then I'm just going to be an independent woman. I'm just going to do this solo. I'm going to be a lone ranger. But the thing is, you've got to understand that it breaks God's heart. It wasn't God's original plan for you to go it alone. Even 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 11, again, Paul says this. As far as the Lord is concerned, men and women need each other. We need each other. So the end goal, and hopefully as we pray for our husbands, as we pray for them, that, that maybe one day they can learn to step up and lead spiritually in a way that honors God. Their wives honors Christ. Now, if you're in that, you know, and I can just throw a bunch of other verses out there, right? Us men and women need each other. Together we're made in the image of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says basically that two are better than one. Okay, there's so many different arguments that, hey, we ought to have a synergy, a unity, 
a mutual submission that honors God. And that is a beautiful thing. But if you don't have that, here's what I would do. Whether you have a spiritual leader in your life, a husband who you can support or not, I want to challenge you to be a P31 wife. Oh, somebody laughed. I heard it in the background there. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. If now, if you are in a Christianese circle, you will know what that means. Now, I'm going to have to explain that to you because P31, right? You're going to be throwing that around now. It's going to become like some in, in like insider language slang here at the Awakening. Hopefully not. Uh, but P31, okay, but it's from Proverbs 31. And it talks about a virtuous wife and, and the, the, the things that she brings to the table. And it's a beautiful thing. And I feel like I have that with Amber. She's like the ultimate P31 wife. I'm just like, look. Okay. Um, but what it boils down to, what does this P31 wife boil down to? It boils down to this, simply, quite simply. It says this, and this is the message version, uh, verse 10 through 20. No, I actually didn't. Per- it's just one verse. It's not 10 through 21. The whole thing is 10 through 21, but I narrowed it down to the ending of this one, this P31 wife. It says this, many women have done wonderful things, but you have outclassed them all. Charm can be misleading. Beauty soon fades. What does it say? The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Give her everything she deserves. A woman who serves God with all her heart, whether or not her man is in on the equation or not, she's going to love God. She's going to serve him with all her heart. And that's what makes a virtuous woman, an amazing wife, that that all that all women should strive to be. Now, I touched on the wives. Now, don't be scared, guys. Your, your turn's coming. All right, going to bring it to you now. You ready? But before we get there, again, what is the, the main idea? Instead of trying to submit each other, get under my thumb, get under my control, get under my authority and my rule or my dominance, instead of trying to submit each other, we ought to, what? Submit to Submit to each other. Out of what? Reverence for Christ. Respect for Christ. So wives, move from controlling to supporting. Husbands, move from ruling to bringing out the best in her. We like to, oh, us guys, we like to, we like to talk about ruling our roost, being the king of our castle. But then we, we get caught up in trying to rule our spouse. And that's, that's the sinful nature. That's the broken part of the fall creeping in to your marriage. And it doesn't honor God. Telling your wife what to do, ordering her around. What kind of, th- what kind of example do you think you have to other wives who are non-believers, husbands? When you're dominating, when you're dictating, when you're suppressing do you think wives that are not Christians or not Christ followers, do you think they're going to want to sign up to get married to a Christian if they see you treating her like that? Mm-mm. I tell you what, if I started disrespecting Amber, it'd be real quick that there are a whole lot of people would take a hike real fast. They would disappear if I did not honor, if I did not respect, and also mutually submit to my wife. 
Am I right? You can't respect a man who's, who's dominating, who's being violent with his words, with his actions, with his physicality. I can't, I can't respect that. I get it. It's tough. It's built in. It's your, it's your nature to want to do that. But fight against it. What does it Paul says? Continuing on, Ephesians. So move from ruling to bringing out the best. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 28. says this, husbands, what? Go what? Just a little bit. Just a, li- just a little effort. Right? No, go all out. Right? When you got married, the altar, the altar, when you got to the altar and you made those promises, you know what the altar represented? You know what the altar, what would happen at the temple? What would they do? They would sacrifice things, put it to death. Right? So when you go to that altar and you sign up for it, guess what? You're going to die. You're going to lay yourself down. And you go, oh, well, this is 50-50. You're not giving 50%, you know, so why should I? No. Men, it's 150% from you. And then 150% from her. Then nobody can argue. It was like, well, you're not doing your half. Be quiet. You went to the altar. You made a commitment. Go what? Just a little bit? No, what does it say? Go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. What did Christ do for the church? He laid his life down. (laughs) Oh, some of your men are like, oh, right? Okay, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving. Some of you men are professional takers. You take and you take, and you take, and you take some more. It's not marked by generosity. You're not going all out. You're not giving. You're greedy. You're selfish. And you wonder why your relationship is a mess. But it's marked, a love, right, that's proof. There's a proof in here. A mark. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. I love these words. Everything he does and says is designed to what? Oh, not worshiping her, but oh, like lifting her up like, uh, wait, uh, what is that uh, Lion King thing? You're like lift your wife up, right? Okay. So everything he does and says is designed to bring out the best in her, dressing her with dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wife. Instead of trying to rule, bring out the best. If your wife's beaten down and shriveled looking and not dressed nicely, and not smelling amazing, it isn't intelligent and schooled and educated and making her way in the uh, industry and being successful, the responsibility falls on who? Yeah, there is a reason that maybe your wife might be beat up and disheveled because maybe you, you, you might have something to do with it. You'd be like, well, why do you look so wild? Why don't you like take a shower? Why don't you dress up nice? What, what you, it's your, your, it's you. 
It's a direct mirror to you. Your life is a reflection to you. Because you are one flesh. You are one. And if your life's not shining, you're not shining. If she's in the dumps, you're in the dumps. Right? Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, you got it. Very clever, you guys. This is fun for me, actually. I like talking about this. Uh, because, you know, I, I struggle with this too. Now, so, wives, move from controlling to supporting, right? Husbands, move from ruling to bring out the best in her. Guys, let the best idea win. Don't make a big deal out of it. Support each other. Bring out the best in each other. Submit to one, or, one another out of what? Reverence for Christ, out of respect, out of fear of the Lord. Now, as, I'm, I, I, as I talk about this, they're like, okay, great. Okay, these are just like, they're, they're, this is a challenging thing for us in a relationship. Give me some practical steps, Pastor Stephan. Give me some practical steps for fighting fair. And so I, as I went through these Ten Commandments, these rules for fighting fair, I picked, for each week, I picked a number of rules that kind of pertain to each week. And today is mission what? So I picked the rules that have to do with submitting to one another, okay? All right, quite simple. And, I'm, and there's verses that I, ha- I can back this rules up with. Um, and we're not going to have time to flash them all up there. Um, you can go and find them on your own. I don't know the references. I didn't make time to do that. It's just I'm not going to try to fit everything too much on one plate, okay? I'm just going to give you three rules today. Three rules. Okay, you ready? Rules for fighting fair. Number one, do, right? There's going to be do and don'ts. But do what? Understand before you're understood. What does that mean? When you're having a fight and you're trying to talk over each other, talk at the same time, you're not talking to Listen, okay, men, shut up. Listen to what she's saying. And then... And then once you can repeat back to her, hey, is this what you're telling me? And you get it accurately without her saying, no, that's not what I said. Okay? Then once you can get that and repeat that back to her accurately, then you can try to share your perspective. And then ladies, once he's got your perspective and he's trying to tell you and you're like, no, but, and control the situation, you, you just shut your mouth. Right? Listen to him until you can repeat back to him what he feels like his perspective is until he can say, yes, you got it. Then you both are understood and you're understanding each other and now you're on the same definitions, the same wavelength. Okay? So that, but that requires what? It's a big-ass word that we've talked about all morning. Submitting. Because you're always talking over each other. You're trying to dominate the conversation. You're trying to get one up. And, right? Submit. Close the mouth. Open the ears. Number one. Number two. No, 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 no. Don't lie. Black Eyed Peas. I had the song. It was like on a ringtone. It didn't work. But I was going to dance to it. You know? Don't lie. Right? Tell the truth. In love. Like, oh, you look fat in that. No, that's not telling the truth in love, okay? Okay? 
tell the truth in love. And what that means is that you have to be honest. Men, you have to be honest. Ladies, you have to be honest in order to be able to submit to each other. There has to be a baseline of truth for you to go anywhere from. It's the foundation. And you've got to start there, the truth. Okay? That means submitting to God's, uh, God's way of doing things, right? Because the devil's way of doing things is a bunch of lies and deceit. And nobody really knows what's going on. There's a bunch of things hidden. And we can't go anywhere. So don't lie. All right? Do understand before you're understood. And don't lie. Number two. Number three. Do. Love each other with your bodies. Hey. Guys are like, yeah, he got it. Right? All right. Why did I? Why in the heck did Pastor Stephan put that one in on mission submission? There's a number of reasons. Okay? Love each other with your bodies. <laughs> My wife's like, ooh. <laughs> uh, when you're fighting, I've noticed a lot of couples will not look at each other in the eye. They will not face each other. They'll kind of turn, and the other one turn the other way, and they'll be talking at the same time, not making eye contact, nothing. They're, they're not, their body language is not loving. You know, like say something, and the other one's rolling their eyes. Body language. Face each other. Look each other in the eye. Don't roll your eyes. Don't go, Psh. Don't go. All right? All right? Love each other with your bodies. And now I know some of you, and uh, hopefully you're not doing this, but some of you will withhold yourself sexually from the relationship as a way of not fighting fair. But, oh, yeah, you ticked me off? Oh, I'll show you. Mm-mm. No. You know what that does? That's, that's not loving your spouse with your body. You know what that is? That's opening a door for Satan to get in. Yeah? That, that's, that is opening a gateway. The Bible is even clear, and, and I'm not going to throw out references. You look it up yourself, but it says, hey, don't withhold yourself. Husbands and wives, don't hold, withhold yourself for too long, except for maybe fasting or doing something uber spiritual where you're like mutually submitting to Christ and to each other, and you're doing it for a spiritual reason. Because guess what? It warns Paul. What did Paul say? Because otherwise, lest Satan come in and try to wreck the relationship. Right? So, body language. Okay? Your sexuality. It's, it's all in the realm of fighting fair. Okay? Make sense? All right. What's rule number one? Do... Understand before you're understood. Number two, don't, don't lie. Turn your neighbor and say, don't lie. Don't you lie. Number three, do. Love each other with what? Your bodies. Yeah. Good one. Very simple. I love it. You guys feel encouraged? You got some clarity on this? You're like, some of you ladies are like, whew. Like I thought you, Pastor Stephen was going to tell me to stand before the oven and that was my role and then. You know, the vice versa, some of you men in here are like, uh-oh, Pastor Stephen's going to be like, you know what? Women power, man, you, you stink, you stay in your corner. Nope, but this is the reality of what God's word says, all right? Now, I love it because the, the goal of the church, the goal of God's word 
is to bring out the best in all of you. To bring out the best in all of you. So that when people look at your relationships, there's something there that they want. I want to challenge you as we close here. We got the rules. But I want to tell you why it's so important to do this. To submit it to each other out of reverence for Christ. Why is that so important? It's because the whole entire world, it's not just people in your church. It's just not your, your friends, your co-workers, the people who see the things that you do randomly. The whole world is watching. The whole world is watching you both on how you love each other. Your children are watching you. The way, that, the way that you love each other, the way that you submit to each other out of reverence for Christ will have an impact on generations to come because of the example that you live for your children. Some of you have had bad examples that have gone before you and it's been hurtful. It's been devastating. You know God is a healer. He's the one that can fix what is broken and repair the damage that has been done. And he can break curses that have been placed before you that had a goal of hurting and breaking up families for generations in your line. God has a way of breaking through it. But we've got to really be willing to step up. The verse that I want to close with is this. It's in, the, it's in uh, John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23. And it says this. It says the goal, the goal for all of them is to become what? One heart and mind. Now, this is, this is talking about right now, just for context sake, because I'm not trying to just bend and scripture into the way I just want it. This is talking about the church. But husbands and wives are a microcosm that that family unit is a representation of the church. And so husbands and wife, the goal is this, to become one heart and one mind. The Bible says to become one flesh. Then the world, what? Might believe Right? from your actions, from what you're showing them, that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them, so they'll be as what? Unified and together as we are. I and them and you and me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence. Listen to that. Evidence. What is the world looking for? Evidence. Where are they looking for it? In your marriage. Where are they looking for it? And how you husbands treat your wife. Where are they looking for it? And wives, how you're supporting your husband. That's where they're looking for that evidence. Evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you're, you've loved me. You've loved me. So, okay. 
When it comes to these rules, when it comes to these ideas from wives to move from controlling to supporting and from husbands from ruling to being, bring out the best, and we talked about the simple application, how are you going to walk that out? And these rules like don't uh, do understand before you understood, don't lie, do love each other with your body. If you're like, you know, if you're in this morning and you're like, man, I'm, I'm really feeling convicted, feeling challenged, that I maybe have not been living up to my rule as a spouse, and it's, and it's been leaving a trail of evidence for my children and for the world that's watching that does not show reverence for Christ. And, and I, I want to change that. That's a big deal. If you're feeling that right now by the power of God's Spirit, if you're stirring that up in you, that's a big deal. That you can see that there needs to be work done, that's a big deal. And so what we're going to do, we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God for help. Would you join with me and let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this series on Fighting Fair. We thank you for just the fun, the fun that this could be, but also, Lord, it's it's sometimes not fun. It can be heavy. It can be weighty. It can be overbearing. It can be sucking the life out of us. And sometimes we're trying, we're so fixated to try to fix our spouse, fix them, that we forget and we neglect to fix ourselves. Instead of fighting with our spouse, we, we forget to fight for them. We try to submit them rather than submitting to them. Um, if you're in here this morning or if you feel like, man, I could I could use some prayer, Pastor Stefan. I need to step up my game. Would you be courageous with nobody looking, not your spouse looking at your other spouse, nobody looking, eyes closed. You don't even have to raise your hand high just a little bit, but would you, without anybody looking around, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? God bless you. I see a ton of hands. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. Good, good. God bless you. A lot of couples in here. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Great, great. God bless you in the back. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. God bless you. Lord, we thank you for how you are challenging us to grow. And we thank you and we praise you because you are a God that brings life change, not just superficial little petty, minuscule, but sincere, from the bottom of our heart, life change. That only can come about by the power of your Spirit. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, for working right now. Lord, I pray that you do a big work. Lord, that we could just apply some of these, apply some of these simple rules when it comes to relationship. But it only comes out of submitting, and that's, that goes against our nature. So help us, God. Help us, Lord. Continue to pray this morning. If you feel like, man, I, I'm far from God. My, my life is, it's in the dumps, or it's not working, or maybe I've got everything going for me, but I feel empty. I want to show you how to give your life to God so that He can rock your world, that He can give you love and purpose and meaning and hope in a world that is just so dark and meaningless. And maybe a long time ago you gave your heart to him, but along the way you fell off track and you want to rededicate your life. You can say this prayer as well. But if you want to surrender your life to Christ, this is how you pray. Bow your heads, close, keep your eyes closed. You say, Jesus, and if everybody can say this out loud together with me, so nobody feels left out. You say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for me. But you like last week, you rose from the dead. 
You conquered death so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe you're Lord. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come in my heart. Wash me clean. Make me a new person. Thank you for joining us this week. The Awakening Church is a church that unchurched people love to attend where real people can come as they are and connect with others who love God. If you're on Maui, please come join us. If you're not on Maui or you can't attend a service, check us out online at theawakening.org or download our Awakening Church app. You'll find past messages, online Bible studies, scripture, and lots of other cool stuff, including ways where you can help us continue our mission. If this message has blessed you, you can help us increase our reach by giving to The Awakening Church, either on our app or online. Thank you for joining us. Aloha.